Hi, and welcome to another episode of Lessons for My Kids. When I talk to my kids about communication and we talk about how they communicate with their friends, how they communicate with adults, um, how they are going to be in the real world uh, when they're in business, when they're having to be a part of organizations or groups, or maybe they're going to be coaching, maybe they're going to be teaching, maybe they're going to be doing a business presentation. Really, um, I think all of these things come down to one uh, topic, and that's communication. How do you communicate effectively to just get along in the world? And so many times uh, kids are not taught the basic principles of communication. And it's how do we how do we talk to a teacher? How do we talk to an adult? Um, how do we talk about um, things that are difficult to discuss? Um, how do we bring up uh, topics that may be uncomfortable? Um, it's all these things that really, when it comes down to it, how we communicate with people is very important. And how can we do that respectfully? How can we do it effectively so that our message is not lost uh, in translation? So today, um, I had found this article a while ago, and it's by a guy named Dr. James Stanfield, um, who's a doctor of education. And it's he's got a quote that he puts in his uh, signature that says, the child who is left behind, quote unquote, uh, most, let me start that one over. <laughs> the child who is quote unquote left behind most is the one who leaves school without transition readiness. And he talks about eight tips to teach effective communication skills. He's spot on. He, Dr. Stanfield is spot on when it comes to these kids. They need to know how to deal with the real world. They need to know how to communicate. Uh, some of the things that we see on the news, some of the things we see in the media or in movies and TV shows, it's just not accurate or it's not a real life situation uh, that shows you how to communicate. And sadly, this is where a lot of kids are learning their communication skills um, to their detriment. And so I think when when I started reading through this, Dr. Stanfield really had a good op, uh, observation uh, about these eight tips. And I think that it's something that my kids can definitely use. And if my kids can use it, then there's likely somebody else out there who can also use it. So we're going to jump right into this. And um, the first tip that Dr. Stanfield says is practice these methods to keep the art of conversation alive. Um, you know, so many times we see kids that they're, they're being talked to um, and they're being asked questions and they give one word answers or they just clam up and, and don't say anything which is not really that great. Um, it's important for kids to be able to speak up and, um, and be able to con communicate in a conversation style, whether it be with an adult, whether it be with another, another uh, kid their age or another person their age, um, or if it is even somebody younger. They need to know how to be able to speak. And so um, it's not just about speaking, but it's also listening and the truth is listening and speaking, they don't always come naturally and that's okay. Sometimes we have to understand that communication 
is really, uh, it, it's something that, that you need to practice and it's something you need to exercise. It's not just going to come naturally to everybody. It's like writing. It's like reading. It's like math um, or, or doing a science experiment or playing a game. You're, you're not going to be great at it first time out. You have to go through and you have to learn and then you have to practice. And as you get better uh, over time, it will become much easier and become much more natural. So why do kids struggle? Um, and I think this comes to, and we've talked about this before, I think it comes down to all the technology that's in our lives. When we look at all the different things that kids have to, to look at today, you have phones, you have computers, you have video games, you have television, radio, um, maybe it's not radio, but maybe it's a, a subscription service. You, you have so much coming at you as a kid. I mean, back when I was a kid, we had, you know, phones that were attached to walls. We didn't get to take them with us everywhere we went. We didn't have computers that left a desktop. Um, we read newspapers. Sometimes we'd get two a day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And then we had radio or music stores that we would go to. But we were out and we were learning how to communicate with people because we were forced to. We were in malls. Uh, we were in stores. We were at school. Um, we were outside more. Um, and then when we got our jobs, our first jobs were usually in fast food or in retail of some sort. And so we were forced to learn how to communicate with people uh, in those situations as well. But I think so many times we look at where these kids are spending their time nowadays and it's so much more time is in front of a screen and it's by themselves. And in those situations, you are not going to really do too much um, uh, exercising of those communication skills. So how do we get past this? How do we foster that communication skill? Um, it, it comes down to that exercise we've been talking about. And how do you put that into your everyday life? It's about speaking and listening because you can't speak and without some active listening happening too. It can't just be about you speaking all the time or just be about you, but it's follow-up questions. It's, hey, this is interesting to somebody. How do I, how do I communicate with them best? And listening and then asking questions is always key. So teaching conversation skills um, having good conversation skills tend to get mimicked, um, especially by kids when they look up to adults. It might be at family gatherings. It might be at an athletic event. It might be at school or at church. Um, but kids are, are watching how their parents interact with others. And so that's one of the first ways. It's through that modeling or that example that kids get their communication skills. Think about it. When you first started to speak, you were just basically repeating sounds that you were hearing from your parents. You hear mom, you hear dad, you hear cat, dog, whatever it is. Um, the language we learn is based on modeling and using the examples that are in front of us. Well, conversation can also be done that same way. So it's important that if you don't have those skills, Put yourself into those positions, and it might be a little uncomfortable at first, but if you join a, a church organization, you join a school group, you put yourself out there 
to be a part of an organization or an association where it's forcing you to do things that might feel a little uncomfortable at first, but over time, it'll be a lot easier. Uh, next uh, on the list is establishing uh, establish listening and speaking procedures. Um, this is interesting because, you know, this is what you learn really in a classroom setting in more cases than not. You learn how to listen when a teacher is speaking. You learn how to speak if you have to get up and recite a poem or give a speech or share a report um, verbally. And they give the acronym here of SLANT. It's sit up straight, listen, answer, and ask questions. Nod to show interest and then track the speaker. And when you think of all of those things, sitting up straight tends to make you, it it forces you to listen a little bit more. Uh, It forces you to be more of an active listener or an active participant when somebody is is speaking. And then when it's your turn to speak, it tends to give you a little bit more confidence. Uh, Listen for the L definitely makes sense. And then ask, answer and ask questions. So somebody's going to ask you some questions based on what you talk about. They're going to be interested. They're going to ask a follow-up question or two. Um, But you also need to to be active and ask questions too. And then nodding to show interest. So if someone like me is speaking and it's long-winded and you nod every once in a while just to show that you're still listening um, and then track the speaker. If they start moving around, you follow them with your eyes. You You move your head so that you're following where they're going. It shows that you're being active, uh, an active listener. Uh, next is teach respectful vocabulary. Now, I know for my kids, there are a lot of times where we question uh, whether or not they're actually um, learning new words because there's so much language out there in the world. Um, and really, if you're not reading on a regular basis, or listening to news, or reading newspapers, or reading books, um, reading articles online, most people gain more vocabulary by engaging or or accessing media uh, via various methods. So, you know, but learn the respectful vocabulary. For example, according to this, Telling someone you're stupid may not work really well. It may have more of an inflammatory effect than I disagree with you. And while most adults should be smart enough to say I disagree with you instead of saying you're stupid, for a kid, you know, I I think of of my kids, they would go to the you're stupid uh, pretty quickly or they'd say shut up. Uh, which is something that I don't really like. Um, instead, I'd say, hey, I'm trying to do something. Can you quiet down? Or, you know, you're saying something I don't like. Hey, can can we talk a little bit more respectfully to each other instead? But it's more important um, in communication uh, to be respectful of the other person and, and to try and, and not say something that, you know, you want to get your message across, but when you're using inflammatory language, a lot of times that's just going to go right in one ear and out the other. 
they're not going to listen to you. They're not going to take you seriously. When you start using more respectful language, that's when people start listening. That's when people start doing and and responding to you in a more positive way. The next part is teach the power of pausing. Um, there are times when it's okay not to have words. And every once in a while I do that even here. I, I find that it, there's a pause that needs to happen. When you listen to a speaker up on a stage or a teacher, sometimes they're, they, they make a statement or they say something that they want you to really soak in and, and to listen to. And so they'll say what they're going to say, and then they'll have a nice pause. And what that does is it gives your brain just a moment to think about what was just said. It gives you a moment to maybe see what that viewpoint is or to hear more effectively as to what was being said. Or it also gives you a chance to um, ask a question. And they're giving you that natural pause in their, their conversation to allow you to ask a question. Next up is practice speaking and listening in natural settings. Now, we can talk about role play situations, which some companies are going to do that. When you guys get older uh, or when you're working for a company, they may give you a role play situation, um, especially if you're brand new into a job. Uh, So I think back to when I first was working in a retail store and they wanted us to learn how to greet somebody uh, in that store and then how to follow up and help them. In many cases, I had to role play with a manager or an assistant manager who had been doing this for years. And what that does is it gave us time to practice. What are we really going to say? We're not we're not just going to go into this cold because I had no basis for what I was doing. And they had a bunch of history as far as what works well, what helps customers. But having that little bit of, of role play, it taught me how to speak and how to be more natural in what I was asking and what I was saying. And there are times when you're, you're just going to have a conversation with somebody and it can't just be so thought out ahead of time, but you need to be able to have that natural conversation. So somebody comes into a store and you're like, hello, how are you? And they're like, I'm just wanting to look. And you let that go for a little bit. And then you go up to them a little while later and you say, hey, you know, is there anything I can help you with? Or you talk about the weather or you talk about something they're wearing or whatever it is. But it's having that ability to be able to talk to people, not just in such a methodical way of, hello, how are you? What can I help you with? Oh, you're just looking? Okay, I'm just going to be over here. And that's the end of the conversation. It can't be that robotic. It can't be that mechanical. There are conversations that need to flow. And this is where your practice is going to make a big difference. Um, Encourage introspection. Um, For those of you who don't know the word introspection, intro, inter, um, means that you're looking inside. Students start they they start to learn where their feelings and thoughts come from um, it might be from a parent might be from a grandparent it might be from some experiences that they've had it takes some work but understanding who you are is important in communication and understanding who those people are around you 
When you're young, you tend to talk to your neighbors and you tend to talk to people in your circle. But as you get older, that circle starts expanding. So when you're little, it might be your neighbors or the people who live in your neighborhood. You might see them at the pool or you might see them at a park. It might be part of a sports team. But when you get older, now all of a sudden, the school you go to might expand out beyond your neighborhood. It might go to an entire town. And then when you go to a high school, that might go to uh, a little bit beyond that. And then when, if, if you go to college, it'll go to a state or you might have people who come from different countries. But knowing where you are from, knowing who you are, knowing your experiences, thinking about those things, and how you're going to be respectful to people from other countries, how you're going to be respectful of people from other backgrounds, knowing who you are makes a big difference. Um, Turn-taking. It can't be all just one-way communication. And it's not all about you. That's the other thing. This world is not revolving around you. This world revolves around all of us. And we're all part of the world. And we have to be able to take turns. And also understand that there are, there are times when other people have things to say. It's not just about you communicating one way, like I am here. And if I could get feedback from you, I would take more pauses and I would ask answer more questions. But we don't have that today. Um, and then the last part they talk about is how teachers, the teachers you have today, have so much power to get in front of you and to teach you all of these things on how to communicate, how to be a good listener, how to work within the, the scope of this world, because we don't go through this all by ourselves. We can only get through this world by helping others and others helping us. And we've talked about that on a previous uh, episode, but teachers really do have quite a, a big role that they can play in helping you to be prepared to go out into the world and to make your way and to do your thing. So if you have somebody in your life who you want to mentor or, or you want to learn from, talk to them. Tell them what you're thinking. Tell them what your goals are. And a lot of times you're, you'll be interested to find that most of the time people are pretty excited about wanting to help you. There will be a few people in the world who are all about themselves and that's just sad and it's too bad. But for the most part, most people will want to help you. So with that, I end this episode. I hope this gave you some good ideas as to how to learn to communicate, how to practice communication and be respectful. And with that, I love my kids and I will talk to you next time. Thanks. Thanks.